Hey, this is Jacob Bergai, lead pastor at Field Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I just believe that as you hear God's Word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us, and for more information about Field Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day. All right, for the next four weeks, we are going to be talking about the topic of money. Somebody say money. Money, money, money. Money. Okay. Um, I'm not going to quit my day job. Trust me on that one. I know some of you are like, no, not money. Talk about anything but money. Talk about how I raise my kids wrong, but don't talk about money. Talk about hell, but don't talk about money. But yes, we are going to approach this topic for the next four weeks. And the reason being is this. Money is one of our biggest constants in life. And yet the area of money is one of the most untalked about areas of our life. It's kind of a taboo subject in the church, and it could be taboo in your house. Um, The reality is, in most relationships, it's a feared subject. Because tension always seems to break out when money is talked about. Uh, how many can go back in time with me just for a moment? So you got to go really far back, really, really far back in time. Um, but how many remember the time when you went to your parents and you said, uh, I think we're in love and we want to get married? How many remember that conversation? Come on. Come on. Go, go back with me, some of you. Some of you. Yeah. No? Keep going. Yeah, further, further. <laughs> There you go, there you go, you landed on it. Uh, I remember that talk and so vividly when uh, Tara and I were in love. Somebody say in love. Come on, have you ever been in love? Are you in love now? Come on. If your spouse is sitting by you, just, just shake your head yes, even if it's by faith. Come on now. Come on. And, and, and I remember the conversations, and, 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 and my parents loved Tara, and that wasn't the issue, but they said this. They said, we think it's just too soon, right? How many, how many ever heard that? Come on. Some wisdom parents give out. And I said, well, why? Why do you think it's too soon? And, and they said, well, we, we think you should save more money, right? Remember that? How many ever been told that? Come on, don't leave me out here by myself. You've been told that. We think you should save more money. And, and, and I remember looking at my future bride saying, baby, if love is all we got, love is all we need. I thought we could just live on love. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't need a house. My parents are like, where are you going to live? I don't know. Don't care. I live in a cardboard box with her. We're in love, and we're getting married. Well, I think you should save up, and we're in love, Dad, Mom. We're, we're getting married. I thought, man, I could just, this love thing, it, it'll take care of all the bills. <laughs> Until the uh, car payment showed up, and then the gas bill, and then the electric bill, and then um, a, a few months in, reality hit that we may be in love, but we cannot live off of love. Yeah. This is it. Love's not going to pay the bills. 
I got to work and we got to talk about money and we got to talk about our spending habits and the bad choices and the bad habits that we've created growing up and we got to discuss them, right? And then reality hit that money can be an issue in relationships. Actually, the stats say that one of the number one stresses in a relationship is money. It also says the number one cause of divorce in America has to do with money. Somebody say money. The reality is there is a lot of bad information about money in our world, isn't there? And as a church, I believe that we and myself, I have a responsibility to teach accurate and right information about money. So here's what I believe. If for the next four weeks, I'm going to say four weeks of this series, I believe that if you'll give your attention to these next four weeks, I believe that it has the power to change your financial situation around. I, I firmly believe that. I believe that it can bring freedom to your home, freedom to your family, and freedom to your future generations. So I'm asking you in these next four weeks to lean in. I'm asking you to take notes, re-listen to the messages, engage, and be willing to make the changes needed to become financially free. Could this be the series that changes everything for your life? Could it? I I believe it could be for someone. Here's where it starts. It starts with the letter A, and we're going to talk about attitude. Somebody say attitude. Attitude. It, it starts with your attitude. When it comes to the area of our personal finances, the truth is every one of us are living in a present financial picture. Someone say financial picture. So I want to show you four pictures here this morning, and I want you to identify with which one most looks like your present picture when it comes to your money. First picture is this. Look at this beautiful beach picture. Isn't it awesome? I don't know about you, but I love going to the beach. I love laying there on the beach with the sand in between my toes. Come on now. I love seeing sunsets. And isn't that just a perfect picture? It's beautiful. Everything is good. And maybe this describes your financial situation. Everything is perfect. Everything is good. We are at peace. We are debt free. All right? Let's go to the next picture. Maybe your financial situation looks like this. Kind of looks like a normal day in the city here. Things are okay. Things are average. Um, You're not really living the dream, but you're not really struggling like you used to, but you're you're not to the beach picture yet. But it's just kind of a normal life you're living when it comes to your finances. Then we go to the third picture. This is where things get tricky. Here here we have the clouds, the dark clouds looming over our financial picture. And and, and you know things aren't good, and you know there's a storm coming. You know you've made some bad decisions, some wrong choices, and uh, there's a lot of tension in your marriage. There's a lot of tension in your home right now because of those decisions. Then we get to the last picture. This could describe you, and this is just the hurricane, tornado, the worst thing possible. I mean, you're sitting here today and you're saying, listen, 
this is me. It's bad right now. And it's been bad for some, some time. And for years, it's been bad. And, 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 and things are a mess. I mean, they're so bad that I'm afraid to answer the phone. They're so bad, I don't want to walk to the mailbox. I know I'm not talking to anybody in here, but just indulge your neighbor, okay? It's bad. Like, you see the phone, uh, another creditor, uh, someone else calling, I owe someone else money. It's bad. It, 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 it's just this tornado of just a mess. Your life is a mess because of your finances are a mess. Your relationship with your spouse is a mess. They're, the family is a mess because kids don't understand why and this and that. So four pictures here. Which one describes you and your house? Which one describes your financial picture? I believe the reality is that most people in society live in either picture three or four, right? It's either the storm is coming, we see it, we made some bad choices, or we're in the middle of the storm, and we don't know how to get out. How do we pick up the broken pieces of our finances? See, we believe here at Fuel Church that it is God's desire, someone say God's desire, for each of us to live that peaceful beach life. I believe that. I believe that for your life. It it doesn't really matter. You say, you don't know where I've come from. You don't know the decisions I've made. And and, and that probably plays a part in which picture you can identify with. But we just believe that God desires. Someone say, God desires it. That we have this beautiful beach life picture in regards to our finances. I know the truth is that most of us aren't living there yet. A lot of us have these dark clouds looming over our finances. A lot of us are in the middle of that tornado. But wherever you find yourself, I want to give you some hope during this series. I want to give you some practical steps that we can take according to God's word. Amen? We're going to go to God's word. We believe that the Bible is the truth. We believe it's absolute truth. And just because it was written uh, thousands of years ago doesn't mean that we can't apply it to our, our day today, amen, our, our lives today, amen? So we're going to go to God's word, and, and we're going to get a correct picture of what he has to say about our finances. You say, man, how do I change my picture? It's a good question. How, how do I go from the hurricane and maybe get out of the hurricane and then get to just the dark clouds, and then from the dark clouds, how do I get to this, that average, that okay, but, but how do I get to the beach picture. That, that's where I want to be. All of us probably know some people that are at the beach picture. And you see their life. And you see the decisions they've made. And you see that there is discipline that took them to this picture. That it doesn't happen by chance. It doesn't happen by accident. We just don't wake up and boom, here we are at the beach picture. Unless we marry into the Rockefellers. Come on now. Unless we marry into some crazy multi-billionaire family, but I don't know of anybody in here today who married into that. And if you did, um, see me after service. Let's talk. I'm ready to build a new building. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to buy some property. Let's go. So I believe wherever you find yourself, wherever you find yourself in these pictures, for the next four weeks, your financial picture can change. 
So how do we change? How do we change? Let's look at four things that we need in order for our financial picture to look different. Four things. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to take some notes? Note takers got a special place in heaven. I'm just saying it's somewhere in the Bible. Not really, just lying. But work with me. Four things. The first thing is, if we want our financial picture to change, we must have a vision. Let's say that together. We must have a vision. One more time, church. Come on. We must have a vision. We must have a vision for our finances. Proverbs 29, 18, we quote it a lot. Without a vision, people perish. In the Amplified Version, it says, without a vision, people cast off restraint. Cast off restraint and go their own way. So without a vision, people are unrestrained according to their finances. We just do whatever we want, right? We just, we, whatever pleases us in that moment, we're just going to gratify the flesh right then and we're going to spend money that we shouldn't spend on things we shouldn't have to impress people that we don't even know. We, we must have a vision. Without a vision, without that financial picture, then we can never know what we're striving towards. It's a picture of the future. What, what does that look like in regards to your finances? I believe the reason so many of our financial pictures don't look how we wish they did is because this, the picture of nearsighted desires is clearer than farsighted dreams. Stay with me. I'm going to say that again for you. I believe the reason so many of our financial pictures don't look how we wish they did is because the picture of nearsighted desires is clearer than farsighted dreams. Isn't it true? Isn't it true for our lives that we, we live for the temporary satisfaction of today's urges, cravings, right? We, we, we live to buy something new because the old is old. I mean, we, my gosh, we've had it for four weeks. It's old. I mean, we've had the car for nine months. It's old. We've had the car for four years. It's old. The house, the, whatever it is, it's old. We need something new. We live for the moment because we have nearsighted desires instead of farsighted dreams. What's the picture you have for your family? What is it? Do you have a vision for your finances? Do, do you have a vision to get out of debt? Do you have a plan? Do, 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 you, do you have that picture? Because it, it says if, if you don't, then things in your life are going to perish. So, so if you don't have a financial picture, then your money's going to perish. Huh? The, the relationship with your spouse, it, it, it could start to perish because of, of, of the tension of the talks about money in your home. Listen, they're not easy talks. I hate them. (laughs) And let me just say this. I've been in the storm. I've been in the hurricane. I've been drowning in debt. Big debt. (laughs) Lots of debt. I made some dumb decisions early on. I bought some cars that I shouldn't have bought because I wanted the car and I could afford it. Right? And I wanted to look cool. Right? Right? I made some bad financial decisions that caused me to live in the storm, that caused those clouds to be lurking over my financial picture. But then I made some right decisions that got me out of that. 
Amen? And you can too. You can do, but it all starts with a vision. Someone say it starts with a vision. I've learned that if I don't have a vision for where my money goes, it will have a vision for where it's going to go. Did you hear that? If you don't have a vision for where every dollar is going to go, it will have a vision for where it's going to go. Oh, yeah, it finds a way. (laughs) It finds a way. So we need a picture. We, we, We need this vision. For our finances, and if, if if it's a picture, then we need a fr- we need to frame up the picture with discipline. Are you hearing this today? Is this okay? I know I wouldn't get a lot of shouts, and I know you know you wouldn't get too excited, but uh, it's more of a teaching. Okay, is this okay today? You all right? Don't anybody get nervous? I'm not taking up another offering. Not this week. I love messing with you guys. So, so if it's a vision, if it's a picture of where we're going in our money, then I got to frame it up. You know, we don't, we don't put a picture on the wall without a frame. We need a frame. What does the frame do? The frame keeps the picture in place. The frame is discipline. The frame is discipline. Some have never learned discipline because of the learned behavior growing up from your parents or your family members. Because every dollar that came in went out the next second. And I get that. I get that. There was bad management of money and the learn and and what you've seen became a learned behavior for your lifestyle. But you can change that. Say, I can change that. You can change that. So number one, we must have a vision. Number two, we must have right thinking. We must have right thinking. Most people have a wrong attitude and a wrong belief about money. Most people in here, not everybody, but most people think, most people don't think, rather, that they're the problem to their money situation in the middle of the storm. We always tend, and I've been there, we always tend to point to the external things. Well, if I only had a better job, I wouldn't be in this financial storm. Well, well, if I had a better education like them, then I'd be doing okay. Um, if, if, if I were raised a different way, then I would have more money. It, it, and then some of us even go a step further. If I wouldn't have married him or her, <laughs> oh yeah, it gets real up in here. Then, then, I would, then I would be doing better financially. And we believe if things would change on the outside, then things would change on the inside in terms of our financial status. But the truth is, we must change our thinking. Our thinking. We, we must change our thinking. We are the agent of change for our financial picture. It'd be just like this. Someone going to McDonald's for a year straight, eating every meal at McDonald's, and then suing McDonald's because they're morbidly obese and have all these diseases and sicknesses. Right? That, 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 that would... That, that's what it's like. So we, we, and that's a true story, by the way. A lady did that. Yeah. But the responsibility is on the lady, not McDonald's. Her thinking wasn't right. And, and a lot of times we, 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 we try to blame everyone else for our financial situation. But the lady drove the car, went up to the drive-thru and ate McDonald's for a year straight. And then she tried to sue him because she had all these health problems and she's morbidly obese. Can't sue McDonald's. Huh? 
We got to look in the mirror and we got to say, you know what? I, I, I've got to think different when it comes to my finances. Because our financial challenges begin and end with us, period. Stop playing the blame game and get responsible and get disciplined. Oh, we don't like to hear that. Some of you, you could see your look, man. You want to stone me right now. We don't want to hear that because we don't want to be responsible because we never have in our lives, some of us. And we just spend every dime that comes in. But what if God had a bigger plan? What if God wanted to use you to help out a needy family, but because you weren't responsible, because you couldn't pay the price to be disciplined, because it does, you will have to pay a price to be disciplined. And, And what if God brought a family across your path to help them in a time of need, and you couldn't help them because you weren't willing to pay that price? What if God wanted to use you to promote the gospel? What if God wanted to use you to help us in outreaches this Christmas, and you say, man, I can't even help. I can't even give $10. I can't even give 20 because you weren't responsible with your money. What if God wanted to use you? Because I believe he does want to use each and every one of us. I, I, don't, I don't really believe his will is for 20% of the people in this church to do all the giving and serving. That's not God's will. It's not God's will. Just, just think if you were in a financial position to where money was not an issue. When we said, hey, we got a need. Hey, we want to do this in the community. Hey, we want to reach out to feed people. We want to clothe people. Just think if you could put a few more zeros on that. Just think, what would that look like for you? I'm trying to get you to think different. Church, come on now. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if we believe that we can never change our situation, then we won't. If we believe money is evil, right? The Bible says, for the love of money is evil. Money itself isn't evil. It's when we put money before God, it becomes evil. And we worship money instead of God. If we believe we can't stop spending, if we believe we must go out to eat five times a week, if we believe our kids must have the newest, whatever, if we believe we need to keep up with the Joneses to be socially accepted, huh? then we're not going to change our thinking. We must change our thinking. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever you think in your heart, that's going to be your future. So, so, so some of us are just going to have to destroy those thoughts of the enemy that says, I'll never get out of debt. At one point in our lives, we were $22,000 in debt. $22,000. You said, what was it from? Well, maybe half of it was medical bills. The other half was foolish spending. Yeah. I know you guys don't do it, but we did it. We went out to eat. And we went to New York City every other weekend. And we were buying clothes, we were buying shoes, and we were having fun for a year. It was so much fun. I got the pictures to prove it. It was so much fun. Having a blast, paying for people's meals. Man, you must be blessed. Yeah, we're blessed, man. We got you. We got your steak dinner again. Until a year later, that bill showed up, and reality smacked us in the face. And the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing what are you doing? This isn't even your money. You're trying to live a lifestyle that I didn't call you to live. 
From that moment, that was almost 10 years ago, we cut up credit cards and have never had a credit card since and never will. That's, that's just our conviction. I'm not telling you not to have one, but for us, that's what we had to do. Why? We wanted to get disciplined. We weren't disciplined. So we knew if we cut them up and we just live off what we make, then we can't go charge it and say, I'll pay it later on 29% interest. Oh, they don't tell you that's in the fine writing at the bottom. Yeah, they don't tell you all that. Yeah. Huh? Is this okay today? Are we all right, Elder Boston? We good? Okay. Good. Just making sure. I want to help you. You know why? Because it'll change your marriage, it'll change your family, and it'll change your outlook on life. So we have to have the, we have to have what? What's the first one? We have to have a vision. And then second, we must what? Have right thinking. And third, we must have the right attitude towards God. Right attitude towards God. When it comes to this area of money, it ultimately comes down to one thing, and that's called control. Some of you love to control your money, even against your spouse. I didn't mean to step on your toes today, so I'm going to look over here. Actually, I'm looking at the back wall. It's beautiful. Awesome. I'm looking at the back wall in my time. I'm looking at the, I'm not looking at anybody, but some of you like to control your finances and you're the one that's going to make all the financial decisions and that can be dangerous in a marriage. I said it can be dangerous in a marriage if we're not on the same page financially and I've been there where I just said, I really don't care. You just take care of everything and just let me know when we're out. (laughs) I've been there. That didn't go too well. Just say it. So I had to be a little more proactive and I had to know kind of what the bills were and I had to sit down with my wife and she had to school me a little bit on what a budget is because I didn't like budgets because I said, I don't want no budget. That means I can't spend. Exactly. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got it. You reckless with your spending. Huh? And we, we, we like control and we work hard, so we're going to control this money. So we think. We, we work hard for our money. And I, I, I respect people that work hard for my, your money. I believe in this nation, everyone can work hard. There's, jo- there's so many jobs in this, in this city, in this state, it's not even funny. Someone come out and say, man, I just can't find a job. Really? Really? You're going to say that? Maybe in 20, 2007 and eight, but you're going to say that now? <laughs> there's jobs everywhere. If you want to work, you, you'll work. Okay. Anyway, we're going to, yeah, I'm seeing, yeah, we're skating on ice right there. Let's, let's keep moving. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh my gosh. So, so, so we want control, and the Bible has a word for this. It's called lordship. Someone say lordship. lordship. See, 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 some of you don't realize, but when, when, when you called on the name of Jesus, he became your savior. He saved you from your sin, right? He saved you from your past, right? He forgave you, but he also became your lord. Lord. That, that means um, he's the one that is in control now of your life because you have surrendered to the Savior and to the Lord. So, so our financial picture will never change until we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? I'm glad you asked. Number one, we got to acknowledge the sovereignty of God in our finances. We got to simply put, everything I have belongs to God. Say that with me. Everything I have belongs to God. So we acknowledge the 
sovereignty of God in our money. David said it like this, and I love this scripture, and it's a few verses, but it's worth reading today. It says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Verse 12, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I, David said, and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? David had a revelation. He said, everything comes from you. And we have been given you, we have been given you only what comes from your hand. David said, listen, everything I have in life comes from you, God. It's you that enables me to be generous to others, to be generous to your church. Everything that I give back to you initially came from your hand to start with. Do you see this? So we got to acknowledge God in our money. The second thing is we need to recognize that we have every, whatever we have is on temporary lean from God. We need to recognize that whatever we have is on temporary lean from God. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says this, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove to be faithful. Must tr- prove to be faithful. Our job is to be faithful with what he has given us. Our job is to steward it for this short time we are here on earth. Right? And the third way that we honor the lordship of Jesus is we seek more of God's wisdom and we apply it to our finances. We seek more of God's wisdom. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom. In everything that you do, seek first the kingdom and all those things that you desire and want will be added unto you. Seek first God and your life will be blessed. You see, God always has an order of priority in our lives. I said, God always has an order of priority in our lives. We got to put him first. Say, man, this money thing's crazy. I know it's crazy. There's 2000 scriptures in the Bible about money. 19 out of the 26 parables Jesus talked about had to do with money. Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell put together. I think money's a big deal. I think you're going to need it tomorrow. I think today when you go out to eat and they say, hey, here's the bill, I think they're going to want some money. I don't think they're going to say, hey, man, we feel in our heart to bless you. You just came from Fuel Church. Let's bless you. I don't know if that will happen. It may happen. I'm not counting anything out because our God is awesome. But I think Tuesday you're going to need some money. I think Wednesday you're going to need some money. But why are we so afraid to talk about it? Why are we so afraid? Some of you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to deal with it. Some of you don't want to talk about it because you've seen that preacher on TV talking about it. We're going to go off the air if you don't send $1,000. Go off the air then. You ain't living by faith if you got to beg for money on TV. We need, a, we need you to send in your money, and we're going to send you a green prosperity handkerchief from Israel dipped in the Jordan River, and when you receive it, put it on your wallet or your checkbook, and your money's going to blow up. Come on. So, so, so 
So we've had some bad knowledge and some bad examples in the body of Christ and with preachers about money. And, and, and we have this give to get mentality that's been taught. Well, if you give, you're going to get. If you give, you're going to get. And that is partially true. But we don't give to get. I want to help somebody. I really do. So the guy who said, if you give, you're getting a Mercedes in 90 days. I don't find that in the Bible. Hmm? I, I don't find that. I believe if you're going to get something, you're going to get a Honda Accord because Jesus said they were all in one Accord. Anyway, <laughs> bad preacher jokes, but you laughed. It's your fault. I got him laughing, Brother Ron. Last point. Are you ready? And we're going to wrap this up. We're out of time. We must change our actions. The fourth thing. We must change our actions. So we must have a vision. Someone say we must have a vision. Number two, we must have right thinking. Number three, we must have the right attitude towards God. And number four, we must change our actions. We must change our actions. How do we change our actions? Three things real quick. We trust God, number one. We trust God. He alone is the one who can help change your financial picture. I I don't know which picture you identify with today, but he alone can help you. He can give you the strength. He can give you the discipline that you need to change your financial picture, but it's going to take action. Someone say action. Number two, it's going to take self-denial. It's going to take self-denial. Getting into debt is easy. Getting out is hard. It's easy to swipe the plastic and do a little plastic surgery. Anybody can do that. Anybody can apply for a credit card. Anybody. That's easy. Getting out is the hard thing. So it's going to take self-denial. I've learned this, that nothing good in my life is ever, ever comes easy. Nothing good ever comes easy, does it? It just doesn't. So what price are you willing to pay to change your financial picture? What is it for you to get to this? What is it for you to have peace? Some of you never have peace when you put your head on the pillow Because of one reason in life, and it's money. I know I'm talking to people, because I was there. I know I'm talking to many people listening. I I was there. You never have peace. The thoughts don't stop in your head. It doesn't stop. It's like a DVR. It just keeps playing. You never have peace, because you're in the storm. And you, you just see no way out. But God wants to bring you to this. God wants to bring you to a beautiful picture in regards to your finances. So we must change our actions. We gotta, we gotta have some action behind it. The third thing, we gotta have self-discipline. We gotta have self-discipline. Um, financial guru of our generation, Dave Ramsey, says it like this. We have to live like no one else now so we can live like no one else later. We have to live like no one else now, so one day we can live like no one else later. Self-discipline. I'm going to be honest with you. I despise and I hate the gym. I hate working out. And if you like working out, then you need to lay hands on me after the service. And you know what? I, I go on this roller coaster. I'm back in the gym right now. I was out for like three months. 
I'm still paying the fee every month, I know. I know none of you have done that, but pray for me. And I hate it. It, it, And you know the thing that it comes down to is self-discipline for me. I, I have to prioritize that working out is not an option. I have to do it for the sake of my health and the sake of my my, my back and, and strengthening that and for me to be able to pour out now twice on a Sunday and where we're going and I, I, I need to have that energy and so it, it, it's really I'm in a season of my life where the Holy Spirit is just saying you've got to get more disciplined you can do it just get disciplined and that's why I want to tell you today you can do it just get disciplined yeah just, just stop going to the drive through just stop it you don't have to just stop it Get disciplined. Stop buying the new things when your closet's full of all kinds of things. Let's just be honest. We don't need new clothes. We want new clothes. I love new clothes. I love new shoes. I got like 100 pair. I ain't going to lie up in here. I love new shoes, but I don't really need them. Okay? Right? And there have been times in my life where I had to say, man, I can't go buy that or I, I can't go out to eat. Because I need to be disciplined. And so we must change our actions, church. And so I leave you with this. What, what changes are you willing to make to change your financial picture? It's the question. Stand with me. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.